This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report, and it's Pelicans game day here yeah. this Friday. Pelicans at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center, taking on the 16 and 15 Knicks. Pelicans riding a three-game winning streak here at home, and the Pelicans are also 7-3 and three versus the East, so a lot of momentum going into this game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Tyreek Evans has been showing a lot of improvement. Um, overall, like you said, four consecutive wins if we win tonight. And the Knicks are coming off of a two-game losing streak, including an overtime loss against Atlanta where Carmelo Anthony got ejected <laughs> from the game for a flagrant two-foul. It was a Wednesday of ejections. Alvin Gentry also getting ejected uh -huh. for the Pelicans, and Carmelo got ejected in the second quarter of that Knicks-Hawks game. Final score of that game was a 102-98 overtime loss for the Knicks. So Carmelo Anthony blatantly punched <laughs> a, a Falcons guard, so... Or excuse me, a Hawks guard. I think got Falcons on my brain with the Saints also hosting the Fal or at the Falcons this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it'll be interesting to see Porzingis, Carmelo Anthony, Derek Rose, that little trifecta going on at the Smoothie King Center. But, you know, the Pelicans also have kind of been playing to the same level as the team that they've been going up against. I mean, just looking at this past game on Wednesday. So I think it could be a close game. Um, you Coach Gentry mentioned that everyone's playing well. Anthony Davis even talked about how they have been playing well against these higher caliber teams. Mm -hmm. And we're only two games away from a playoff spot, which, I mean, you kind of don't really – I haven't been thinking playoffs lately, but we're still in the runnings. So Absolutely. Only two games back from eighth in the West, like you mentioned. And New Orleans had a really good fast break advantage on Wednesday, 29 to 2 points versus the Clippers, and that's huge for the Pelicans. Gentry likes to play up fast-paced game. He wants to see even more shots being put up, upwards of 90. So look for the Pelicans to continue to work on that in the game tonight. Also, as the Knicks come to town, it's Lang Langston Galloway's former team. Yeah, I know. I was just literally about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so he was with that team for two seasons. He was named to the all-rookie second team his first season with the Knicks. But he has just been outstanding in the past stretch of games. Definitely. He's making a case to be one of the biggest offensive threats in the NBA during the fourth quarter. He's second in the NBA in fourth quarter three-point field goal percentage with those players included that have at least 20 attempts. And at the Smoothie King Center during the fourth quarter, he's shooting 63% from three-point range in the fourth quarter. That's outstanding that's great yeah i'm sure it'll be fun for him to go up against his old team and some of his old teammates he said he definitely competitive juices will be flowing <laughs> and he definitely would like to get a win against the knicks for sure um also justin holiday knicks guard and forward is the older brother of drew holiday uh, so we got a little oh. family reunion tonight at the city <laughs> king center he's averaging seven points per game for the knicks and he's had two starts so far this season so interested to see him in the lineup for new york yeah, so again, that tip-off is at 7 p.m. tonight. There are still tickets available, but it's going to be a pretty packed house tonight. Being the holidays, it'll be a good game. And the first 8,000 fans will get a Pelicans yearbook. So that's fun. Add that to your <laughs> collection of Pelicans gear. Some great photos in there. <laughs> Everything you could want to know about the Pelicans. Got some Jim, Jim Eichenhofer stories in there as well. So definitely check that out. 
And then heading into Sunday, the Saints will be in Atlanta to take on the Falcons at 325. Remember that game got flexed. Yeah, and it's New Year's Day, so get your black-eyed peas <laughs> and sit in front of the TV. You can watch the game on Fox, or you can drive on down to Atlanta. I'm sure we would love to give that division rivalry a little support from the Saints at the Georgia Dome because um, they are first in the NFC South. They're the division champions, so they're playing for that playoff seed, which is a huge game for them, and we're kind of just playing for our pride. You know, we got that rivalry going on, and also people are looking towards the next season. This could be some people's last games. Everyone's playing for their jobs. I think it'll still be a good game to watch, even though the regular season is coming to an end for the Saints. The Saints have won two in a row, so if they win – on Sunday, they will close the season with their best record since 2013 when the t- team went 11-5. and five. So I think the team would definitely like to not see another 7-9 and nine yeah, season. Yeah, third consecutive one in a row. Yeah. Like the curse. <laughs> and the Saints, this will be their last game in the Georgia Dome. So you want to leave that building with a good taste in your mouth, not <laughs> the Saints 7-3 and three at the Dome since 2006. So definitely possible. But they would like to go in and upset the Falcons little – <laughs> ruin their uh, playoff uh, right. aspirations. Not ruin them, but lose the home field advantage. So Yeah, it'll definitely be a good game if we can go out with a win to end the season for sure. It'll be a tough one for both defenses on mm-hmm. each side of the ball, given that Atlanta's offense is first in points per game. They average 33.5, but the Saints are second with an average of 29.1 points per game. So that'll be a tough one for both defenses. Also, Saints are first in passing yards per game with 315.5 yards averaging, and Falcons are third with 293.5 yards. So both these teams rely more on the passing game than the run. The Falcons have an NFL record 13 players with touchdown passes, seven players at least 250 yards receiving, while the Saints have 10 players who have caught touchdown passes, seven have at least 250 yards receiving. So they're even there. But... Two real, like you said, two really top offenses in the NFL right now, and two defenses that have not been as stellar. <laughs> struggled a little bit, but you know, Saints defense. I really think what kind of killed us this season was special teams. I mean, look, going back, looking at how well we've done lately, and then you go and look at the beginning of the season where we've lost so many games by one, two, and three points mm-hmm. just off of those silly mistakes. Like overall, the Saints have been playing a lot better the second half of the season, and we especially given the fact that we played the Falcons in game three. Um, and since then, we've had a lot more tape to review, um, and we've just been hot. I mean, we can't, we're coming off of a two-game winning streak. Yeah, that's the, uh, the Falcons won the first game of the season series 45-32, to 32, so another high-scoring game, which we would expect Sunday as well. Our thoughts are with the Falcons family this week, though. There's former Falcons safety and Bills safety, Keon Carpenter, um, age 39, passed away this past Thursday. So sure that the Falcons are mourning him this week so our thoughts and prayers with his family and the Falcons family as well despite that division rivalry you know football is always family so definitely so coming up on today's show we have Sean Kelly who spoke with Kenny Albert he's calling the Saints game against the Falcons and he's covering the Knicks as well so we have that coming up and then Sean Kelly also spoke with coach Alvin Gentry last night on the Alvin Gentry show so we'll hear a little bit of that as well Stay tuned.
It's family night. You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up, your wife's eyebrows get singed off, and Junior leaves with a black eye, thanks to a projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans, facing off against the New York Knicks, Friday, December 30th. Pelicans Fest begins pregame at 5.30. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Welcome back, everyone, to the Black and Blue Report. We're wrapping up a week here and wrapping up, I guess, the calendar year, too. And, and one of our most valuable favorite guests is here with us on the uh, last Black and Blue Report of 2016. And he's here also for a second week in a row, thanks to the good folks at Fox. Uh, Kenny Albert will once again be calling the play-by-play of the Saints game this weekend for the NFL on Fox. He's kind enough to join us for a second straight week, and we'll double dip this week because Kenny also works for the New York Knicks, and uh, the Pelicans take on the Knicks tonight. Ke- Kenny, welcome back. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Sean. No problem. Happy New Year, by the way. You too. You too. Look forward to seeing uh, you and the Saints again this Sunday. It'll be. I think it'll be a fun game. I really do, and, and you just came off of their most recent win. What did you take away from last weekend's Saints effort? Well, I think we kind of expected, and you and I talked about it last week, that it would be a higher scoring game than the first matchup uh, with Tampa Bay two weeks earlier, and it certainly was, 31-24 Saints, and it obviously uh, dealt a huge blow to the Buccaneers because they need about nine things to happen on Sunday. It's highly unlikely that uh, they'll be in the playoffs now, and had they won, uh, they still would have had a chance to win the division. So it was a crippling blow uh, for the Bucks. but the Saints came out and Obviously, uh, did some nice things on offense. Mark Ingram ran the ball well. Drew Brees had a typical uh, game, as you would expect. And, and the defense came up big with the two uh, Jarris Bird interceptions of Jameis Winston. Jarris Bird's, uh, Bird's rather interceptions uh, capped a good, I guess we would call maybe a comeback season for him. Can we label it that? I think so. And I know he's talked about it, that it, it took some time uh, to get used to the system after coming over from Buffalo. But he's a guy that's been to three Pro Bowls. He's had a... Very nice career, and, and he was certainly one of the stars on defense for the Saints on Sunday. 
Kenny, in your preparation for last week's game, did you get a chance to talk to defensive coordinator Dennis Allen? And if so, what did he say uh, translated to the field? Oh, we did. We did. We sat down with uh, Dennis last Friday, at the, or last Thursday, I should say, at the Saints facility with the Saturday game. And, uh, you know, he talked about the fact that it was a new system to start the year, a lot of new faces, and uh, they've gone through some injuries and some, uh, you know, a lot of changes in particular at the linebacker position and in the secondary. But, you know, I know he's been very impressed with, with Craig Robertson and what he's been able to bring. He's the Saints' leading tackler, and um, he said he's uh, been a lot uh, better football player than, than the Saints coaching staff even realized. Uh, he talked a little bit about B.W. Webb and what he's added. You know, he was signed after training camp, was not in camp with the Saints. He was with Tennessee, and he said he's been a pleasant surprise. And then, of course, you veterans. Uh, we talked about Jarris Bird and Harper in the secondary. And uh, up front, you know, obviously Cam Jordan, one of the leaders. When you look at the uh, Saints front four, and, and Paul Kruger's done a nice job since coming in, and Nick Fairley's had a terrific season. So, um, again, a lot of changes, new system, but I think overall certainly trending in the right direction. Offensively for the Saints, Kenny, it's been a, a little bit of a roller coaster, but, man, they seem to be trending the right direction here these last few weeks. I think they are, and, you know, they went through the rough stretch with the consecutive losses uh, to the Lions and, and Buccaneers, which really put them, uh, you know, behind the eight ball. But, you know, when you look at, at, at the numbers that some of these guys are going to put up with Ingram approaching 1,000 yards on the ground and uh, Michael Thomas leading all rookie receivers by a wide margin in receptions this year, he has 20 more than any other rookie in the league. Uh, Brandon Cooks with a 1,000-yard season, Willie Sneed, um, and his numbers, and, and Kobe Fleener at the tight end position. So I think, again, some, some young guys, some new faces, but uh, um, again, you know, you and I both used the term trending in the right direction, and I think the Saints are uh, heading into 2017. Interesting. Uh, you know, Kenny, I haven't studied the Falcons really since week three. Uh, what have you been able to, to glean from, from their season, I guess, as a, as a whole part, and what that means going into this weekend? Well, this is the first time that I'll see the Saints in person. I've certainly watched a lot of their games on TV and on tape, and, and you know, they're on a roll. Three straight wins. They clinched the division last week, thanks to the Saints, by virtue of the Saints' win over the Buccaneers. Atlanta uh, won the South, and, and this is a huge game for them because they want that number two seed in the bye, uh, which they would get with a win. So um, big game for Atlanta, final regular season game ever at the Georgia Dome. Matt Ryan having a, an unbelievable season. He'll certainly – uh, get some MVP consideration. Uh, their running backs, Devontae Freeman and uh, Coleman, have both had terrific years. And then when you have a Julio Jones and a Mohamed Sanu and a Taylor Gabriel on the outside, uh, a lot of offensive weapons. And then defensively, uh, Vic Beasley leading the league in sacks and a, a terrific secondary as well. So um, should be a fun game. You know, we, we predicted a high-scoring game last week with the Saints and Bucks. I think this one uh, certainly will be heading in that direction. You have the two highest-scoring teams in the league. The Falcons are averaging over 33 points. The Saints are averaging 29 points. And in yards per game, it's 1-2 Saints and Falcons uh, right behind, and they've scored the second, uh, the top two amount of touchdowns in the league this year offensively. So uh, we could see see some pretty big numbers this Sunday at, at the Georgia Dome. I wouldn't be surprised. Kenny Albert with us. Kenny, is the only chance then for these two defenses to come up with some kind of a takeaway and perhaps use that particular thing to swing the game in their favor? Well, you would think that that would play an effect if that's the case. But, uh, you know, again, it'll be hard to stop these offenses when, when you look at the numbers they put up this year and, and the names on the back of the jerseys. So, um, absolutely, I think a takeaway could 
could certainly be a, a big part of it on either side. I find it fascinating that the last game to be played in the regular season uh, at the Georgia Dome will feature the New Orleans Saints versus the Atlanta Falcons. Kenny, do you believe in the power of rivalries, and does that count into this weekend's matchup? No, I do, and I've worked so many of these games through the years. And, you know, it's interesting. One of the, one of the notes I looked at um, in, in the 94-game history, they've gone to overtime seven times, which is incredible. Uh, the percentage of, of games that the Falcons and Saints have played that have gone to overtime, they're, they're always, you know, tough, w- whether it's high scoring or low scoring. They always seem to be close games when, when these teams get together, yeah. no matter where, where they play, at the Dome in New Orleans or at the Dome in Atlanta. Falcons have only swept the uh, Saints one time in the Peyton era. I think that was two years ago, so that's, that's certainly something to watch as well. Uh, Kenny, let me switch gears with you because I need to lean on your basketball side. I know that you uh, do plenty of work for the New York Knicks. And the Knicks will be uh, at New Orleans tonight to take on the Pelicans coming off of a loss against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, get me up to speed here on, on the storylines surrounding the New York Knicks right now. Well, it's been a, a pretty good start to the season for the Knicks, uh, Sean. They did lose the game in Atlanta. I was traveling, so I didn't see the game. But I did work the game on Sunday against Boston. And the Knicks were down by 11 in the fourth quarter and actually came back to tie that game and then wound up losing in the final minute. But... Um, a lot of changes during the offseason. Um, the, the two constants, Carmelo Anthony and Kristaps Porzingis, who had a terrific rookie year, and he's been even better this season. I think he's headed to his first All-Star game. And I, I think if the NBA put every player in the league into an open draft, I think Porzingis would be a top-ten pick. Wow. You know, that's how high his ceiling could be. Um, they brought in Derrick Rose during the offseason, and he's had some back issues, but when he's been able to uh, you know, when he's been healthy and, and on the court, he's, he's been a terrific addition. Uh, Joakim Noah coming in from Chicago as well, uh, former NBA first-team All-Star and Defensive Player of the Year a couple of years back, has also gone through some injury issues. Uh, Courtney Lee, who's, who's been on a number of NBA teams, but uh, he's the starting shooting guard. So you have Anthony Porzingis, Noah, Rose, and Lee as the starting five, and then Brandon Jennings, uh, leading the way off the bench. He's been one of the top six men in the league this year. But when they're at their best, there have been a number of games when Anthony, Porzingis, and Rose all score over 20 points. And, and when they move the ball around and, and get it to those guys, um, they've had a couple of uh, back-to-back rough years, but really heading in the right direction. Last week, at one point, they were the third-best team in the East behind Cleveland and Toronto. I know right now uh, you know there are a bunch of teams in that pack a- after the top two, but uh, 16 and 15, a game over 500, and um, you know I said before the season, if everybody stays healthy, I thought they would win somewhere in the 46 to 48 uh, win range and, and make it back to the postseason for the first time in four years. Wow! Do they have a collective personality yet, Kenny? Well, I think you know obviously Carmelo Anthony is a guy who's been in the league for over a decade as a perennial All Star, so he's you know the top player on the team and, and one of the best scorers in the league, but. I really think Porzingis, you know, it will become his team in the future, um, you know, whether it's two, three, four years down the road, um, whenever Carmelo Anthony uh, retires. But it's heading that way. You know, he's, a, he's such a likable guy. He's 21 years old. He's always smiling. He's always having fun out on the court. His teammates love him. And uh, they have a, a couple of other uh, young European players, Billy Hernan Gomez and uh, Mindaugas Kuzminskis, who's a little older, Hernan Gomez, is 21 Kuzminskis is 27, uh, but they've provided a lift off the bench as well. And and you know those two guys along with Porzingis, they're always together uh, off the court as well. They've been friends for a number of years now. Porzingis and Hernan Gomez, they played together in Spain. So 
Um, you have that youthful exuberance from those guys. But um, like I said, uh, Porzingis, the ceiling is just so high. You'll enjoy watching him play tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's a team that I only get to see really twice a year in person. Kenny, I know that you've been on the road with the Rangers and then now off to Atlanta for Sunday's game with the Saints. But Carmelo Anthony did get hit with a flagrant two in their matchup with Atlanta on Wednesday. Uh, is there any rumbling or any fear that he would be suspended or unable to play uh, against New Orleans? Um, again, I didn't see it, Sean. I was traveling and, and preparing for the hockey game, so I, I probably couldn't give you a, a real good answer on that one, but I'll, I'll definitely take a look at it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, by the way, as we wrap up 2016, I know that you've worked so many events in the last 12 months. Will you look back on one or two uh, particular games uh, with fondness in 2016, Kenny? Well, that's a great question. I, I hadn't thought about that, Sean, but uh, just off the, the top of my head, um, the, the baseball playoff series between the Dodgers and the Nationals was tremendous. It went five games, and you had Clayton Kershaw coming in uh, to pitch in the ninth inning in the finale. Had the opportunity to work uh, the Stanley Cup final for Westwood One Radio between Pittsburgh and San Jose. Um, the great NFL season with the crew and had a lot of fun working some of the Knicks games as well. But, uh, again, the, the moments that I mentioned in the postseason stand out and hopefully well january 1st sunday so i guess we start the new year with the falcons and the saints i was going to say hopefully we start the new year with some uh, tremendous moments down at the georgia dome that'd be a lot of fun i'm assuming you'll have daryl moose johnson and laura ackman with you again i will i will they're they're uh, great to work with i've been with daryl for 10 years now and, and laura for two and i know that uh, you work with a bunch of our guys behind the scenes during the preseason so uh, they're the best in the business, and uh, we'll look forward to wrapping it up on Sunday down in Atlanta. Have a great call, and Kenny, I appreciate it. Happy New Year again, and as always, all the best from us. Thanks, Sean. Enjoy the Pelicans and Knicks tonight. Thank you, sir. Kenny Albert with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll take a quick break and uh, be back with more in a moment. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Hi, Vincent Palumbo here. Terminex is the home of the $650 lifetime termite repair guarantee. Terminex provides termite protection and pest control. Call Terminex for all your pest problems. 834-7330. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change-A-Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. Hey, New Orleans. The world's biggest party just got even bigger because NBA All-Star 2017 is coming to the Big Easy. You know about the big game on Sunday, but there's a whole weekend of fun. Starting Friday night, come check out the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge and the Celebrity Game. Then the D-League All-Star Game on Saturday. Even watch the best athletes in the world get ready at All-Star practice. Tickets start at just $10. Don't miss out. Visit NBATickets.com now. 
Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. Last night, Sean Kelly caught up with Coach Alvin Gentry for the Alvin Gentry Show, talking Pelicans, Knicks, and the Pelicans homestand. Alvin, tell me more about the starting lineup you've used this week. You've you've hinted at a couple of things that you like about it, but what have you learned now after, let's say, you know, two full games working this rotation? Well, I think defensively we've been really good. I think it's a, a it's a lineup that uh, uh, gives us versatility defensive wise and. Uh, uh, those guys have been locked in and done a great job. Uh, the negative, everybody questioned the rebounded in that, but I think that team is, uh, and those guys are, are good enough that when we concentrate that we can rebound the basketball as well. Uh, it gives us an opportunity to get out and do some athletic things uh, in, uh, offensively and especially in transition. So uh, I like that lineup, and it also gives us the versatility of switching things defensively. Coach, on the offensive end, it seems like there's there's room uh, to operate. Is is that because of the particular grouping of players that you have on the floor or something that they're doing well in running your offense? How would you see it? No, I think it has a lot to do with the guys that we have out there because they create space and because of all of them are, are very capable uh, three-point shooters, especially out of the corner. So uh, as long as that's the case, it frees up Anthony Davis. Uh, from the standpoint of giving him more space to operate. Uh, it gives us an opportunity for Drew and Tyreek to get downhill, and when they get downhill, our offense is very, uh, very, very good. And, and so it's just a situation where you got to just take care of those things. Coach, you mentioned defensively it allows you to switch on a lot of those things. Some fans may not understand what you're saying. Can you explain? Well, I think what we, we talk about, the, the toughest thing in the uh, NBA to uh, – Guard is it's like pick and roll situations. That's where someone comes and screen on the ball against the defender uh, that 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 he's guarding when he's guarding the ball handler. And so, uh, rather than try to hedge or get under or any of those things, you just switch with the guy that's screening, and that way you take away a lot of the options. Coach, how come? And maybe I'm wrong in, in thinking this, but how come I don't see as much? blitzing and trapping as I used to, especially up high above the free throw line amongst NBA defenses now? Well, one of the main reasons is that the big guys have just gotten so good now at popping and making uh, three-point shots. When you look at a guy like Carl Anthony Towns and Porzingis and, you know, these young kids that have come into the league, uh, you know, not only are they really good, solid screeners and big guys, uh, I tell you what they've become. They just become pick and pop guys, uh, very similar to European basketball now, uh, where you know if you got a big guy that can shoot it, uh, when you're getting double team on screens, uh, trying to trap screens, it frees up uh, those big guys and puts the team in rotation. So someone is going to end up with an open shot. Interesting. Hey, during this uh, stretch, uh, this nice homestand, and we'll talk more about that kind of globally here in a moment, but. Coach, is there an unsung hero during this stretch, a guy that's played on your team, whether it be in a particular role or up to his level of play that's helped you succeed here in the last week? Well, I would have to say Langston has been really good for us, and uh, especially in the fourth quarter. You know, you take a look at uh, his stats, and, you know, he's a leading three-point shooter in the NBA in the fourth quarter, and uh, he's made a lot of big shots for us during that stretch. So uh, I would say that Langston is playing uh, – playing really good basketball, solid basketball for us. Uh, I also think that, you know, the guys on the bench that don't, they, they don't get to play, you know, it, it's really tough. And, 
and they could make life miserable for the whole team, and that hadn't happened here. You know, guys have been really locked in and, and try to do everything they can, and it's tough for guys. You know, it's tough for a guy like Tim who's been playing a lot of minutes that, uh, you know, with Tyreek back, it's kind of tough for him. But all of those guys have been very positive and very supportive, and, and that's what helped you have a good team. Coach, you, you brought up Galloway. I can't help but think of you as a baseball manager these days. It seems like you've got Buddy Heald out there as your starting two-guard pitcher, <laughs> and then Galloway becomes your closer, and they seem to be really settling into those two different roles. They, they, they are. They very much are. And I think Buddy really appreciates the, the fact that he's being able to start and learn and play with the starters and understand that. And then I think Langston has very much accepted his role that, you know, may not be starting – but there's going to be really tough situations where they want me in and I've got to be able to come through for them. Coach, first of all, the homestand's a 3-1 and one affair right now, wins in three in a row. Um, with one still to go, are we ready to say this is the successful homestand? Uh, I think it's okay. You know, obviously we want to close it out with another win uh, before we head out on the road, but uh, – uh, I think we play good basketball. I think we continue to get healthier. Uh, I think guys continue to kind of settle into their roles. Uh, so all of those things are good. But at the end of the day, like I said to the guys at the start of the week, we really need to, to win all of the home games that we have. Coach, you haven't been shy about this conversation at all. I mean, from the, from the start of the homestand and then even after the, the trip and fall against Oklahoma City to start it, you have said publicly, you have said to your team, to your staff, how good this homestand had to be. I, at first I thought, whoa, that's that's a lot of pressure to put on these next four to five games. But the response so far is, I guess, is probably going to please you somewhat, right? Uh, it does, and it is pressure. I mean, but that's what it is. We're we're under pressure right now. Uh, obviously, uh, starting one and eight, uh, you have to work your way back up the ladder, and uh, that's what we're trying to do. So the, the main thing for us is that we just got to be focused every single game uh, with the understanding that if we're going to lose, it's going to have to be because the team beat us and not us doing it to ourselves. Okay, so in other words, in order to go from an okay homestand to a very good one, you'd have to win on Friday night against the New York Knicks. What will be some things that you all must be mindful of against New York? Well, uh, transition-wise, they get out and run. And, uh, you know, Derrick Rose, uh, he may not be the Derrick Rose of old, but he's pretty doggone close. He's, he's, he's back, and he's playing great basketball. Uh, you know, Porzingis, uh, one of those guys that got booed when he got drafted, and now everyone in New York City owns a jersey with his name on it, uh, uh, which is, you know, everyone's understand that too. Uh, but he's, uh, he's, he's made such progress over the last, you know, three or four months uh, as a player, put on weight, uh, shooting the ball extremely well, very athletic. And then to me, they have one of the most efficient scorers uh, the play the game, ever play the game, and that's Carmelo Anthony. Uh, what he does and, and, the, and the, the, the different phases of his offensive game that he brings to the table is just really tough to defend. So, uh, you know, they're a good, solid team. Uh, they've, they've, they've had some great wins, had some tough losses, uh, but they always play, and they always play very much up-tempo. Tomorrow night's the first of 11 straight games against the Eastern Conference. I don't ever remember that happening for this franchise. 
Uh, I don't either. I don't remember it happening, period, anywhere. But uh, it'll be a test, and, you know, a bunch of those games are going to be on the road, and we got to find a way to come away with some wins. What about Monday, if you don't mind? Just touch on the fact that it'll be your first meeting this year with the defending world champion Cavaliers. Uh, great team. Uh, you know, they're suffering a little bit of injuries and uh, have a few guys out here and there. But, you know, they're a very good basketball team, and they've got depth. They've got one of the – you know, truly underrated guards in this league when you think about Kyrie Irving and what he's done just the last season uh, and, and, and this season. So uh, they they there's a reason that they're defending champs, and obviously they got the, you know, the best player in the game right now in LeBron James. All right, Coach, here's to a great end to the homestand and a great start to 2017. I can't believe New Year's is here. Uh, it's hard to believe, but uh, here we go, 217, 2017, and let's hope that it's the good things for the Pelicans. Coming up next, we'll wrap things up. It's family night. You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up. Your wife's eyebrows get singed off. And Junior leaves with a black eye, thanks to a projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans facing off against the New York Knicks Friday, December 30th. Pelicans Fest begins pregame at 5.30. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. We're going to wrap things up in this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We will be back on Monday. We will recap Saints-Falcons from Sunday and preview that Pelicans-Cavs game coming up on Monday night. Yep. So, again, it's Pelicans game day tonight. Tip-off is at 7 against the New York Knicks in the Smoothie King Center. And then Sunday's game against the Falcons will be in Atlanta, and kickoff is at 3.25 p.m. You can catch that game on Fox or you can go in person and watch it at the Georgia Dome. It's not too far. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you stay tuned five minutes after the game for the Saints postgame show presented by Verizon, hosted by yours truly, and we'll recap the game that you just saw, go through some stats, highlights, and hear from Coach Sean Payton and Drew Brees. So it'll be a fun weekend for Saints and Pelicans, and yeah. And then in the NFC South, Buccaneers will be hosting the Panthers at Raymond James Stadium. And there's one other game I'm looking forward to watching on Sunday. I, If you grew up watching the NFC South, you remember Steve Smith as a Panther, where he spent like most of his career. He's obviously now with the Ravens, but he announced that there's he's number 89. He announced this week that there's an 89% chance that Sunday will be his last <laughs> game. Aww. He was my childhood like favorite player, so I'm... Definitely going to be tuned in to that Ravens at Bengals game. That's 1 p.m. Central time before the Saints kick off at 325. So, so lots of football on Sunday. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> NFL is losing one of the all-time greats, in my opinion, both personality-wise and on the field. <laughs> so that age in 89 for one last time on Sunday. And it's been a crazy year of retirements and sports this year with Kobe, everybody. But yep. great weekend of sports coming your way. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at Moon Central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.